Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Portland, Maine. Ha! Just kidding. <laughs> Throwing for you for a loop. You know right what? Right off I, the bat. I got to say that um, I, I would like people to write on our Facebook page, do they think I need to say Portland, Oregon? Because, you know, like when you and I, tra- you're in Denver. Okay, just because you didn't get to finish that off. But when we travel to expos, I sort of feel like if we're west of the Rockies, I can now just say, when people say, oh, where are you guys from? I'll just say Portland. But then, you know, if we're in, I don't know, even Chicago or, you know, Maryland or something, I always feel I need to specify Oregon. But don't you feel that Portland, Oregon is the Oregon these days with the TV shows and all the New York Times coverage? Is the Portland instead of, yeah. (laughs) I I think, yeah. I mean, when I say, when, you know, when I think Portland, even before I, you know, even before this whole little party started, I thought Portland, Oregon. It's almost like you have to, um, it's almost like you have to qualify Portland, Maine. Oh, you know? okay. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Then that's, that's it. That's that- my gut. But, but I made people may disagree. I mean, I'm definitely not an East coaster. So, um, you know, because also because Portland, Oregon, as I'm sure everyone knows, was named after Portland, Maine. It was two guys, two founders of this city that I'm in right now. Um, want to, what was the other one they wanted to name it? Boston. Right. Thank you, Jonah. Um, and so uh, it, Phoebe would know who these gentlemen were um, who had this. I'm surprised you don't, Sarah. I'm surprised <laughs> you don't have the plaque memorized, you little history buff you. <laughs> I did. Um, can I just geek out a tiny bit more? Toward, yeah. the, toward the end of um, a long run the other day, I realized that I was running right past a state of Oregon building. And um, I then realized that they were all the, they have these big crests on it of the state bird and the state flower and the state motto and everything. And I'm like, I'm 15 miles into a run. I'm going to stop and look at all of these. <laughs> so. so what's what's the state motto of, of Oregon? Oh, doe. That was the one I didn't remember. Um, all right. What's the flower? What's the I would flower? like to say that I really f- just can't stand our state flower, which is the um, Oregon grape. And it is, it's a misnomer. It's not a grape. It looks like a blueberry, but you can't eat it. And it's just, it has the prickliest, prickliest leaves on it. It, I don't, it really doesn't flower. It really just irks me a lot that that's, that's our state uh, thing. Wow. But wow. Well, um, so you could have the columbine, which was what we have, which, you know, used to be a beautiful flower until it got the besmirched. really awful connotation from the, you know, the school shooting. So, you know, yeah. you can have a a fake kind of fruit thing going, or you can have something that's associated with violence. (laughs) Neither one of us are winning this game is what I'm saying. I do love Columbine flowers though. My gosh, I think they're so beautiful. And I just can never stop debating which color combination I like best of those. So now we're going to have to have a (laughs) picture. Does that keep you up at night, Sarah? It does. Let's talk about, let, let me think about color combinations. You know, because, because that is how I help myself fall asleep. I, I need to think about something, but not something that's troubling. So that would be, uh-huh. I could think of, I like, I, um, I had this friend whose uh, last name is Luba Mursky and they were having twin boys. So I would try to, and now these kids are eight or something. And, and I would try to like, oh, if my last name was Luba Mursky, what would I name my boys? <laughs> <laughs> what did she name them? She, they named them, uh, Aiden and Liam. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So Luba Mursky, uh, that's a hard, you know, you're not going to win. You know, there's nothing that's going to make that just flow off the tip of your tongue. You know, right. there's no first name that's all of a sudden going to make that not the big, yeah. fat trip up that it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm exactly. sure she's a lovely woman. I'm just saying. Oh, I love her. So I know Maria from rowing. So anyway, so now that I've just really gone on a totally random well, rant, so this, this is what's keeping up me up at night is that I've got to make lunch the next morning. I don't know if, where you are, but I mean, so we're in mid, you know, kind of, kind of 
two thirds of the way through the school year and I have lunch making fatigue. Like I am so over packing those ridiculous little lunches that my children, you know, unfortunately they have to eat three times a day. (laughs) Unfortunately they need food to get, keep their brain humming through school. And of course they won't eat the food that's offered there. So, um, I tell you last year, I really, I mean, it was almost chronic lunch decision-making fatigue syndrome. I mean, it was just so bad. And, but lately I have just been like, the gates of heaven have opened to me and I just feel I have so many choices for the, the twins will eat a ton more than their big sister will. So, um, I think sometimes it's just having a lot of choices and, um, so like, I liked today's lunch. Should I tell you what I did for today's lunch? What did you put in today's lunch? So um, one of the mangoes that I had bought was ripe. So I cut up the mango. And so that was one container. And then another container was blackberries and blueberries. And usually I would not have splurged on blueberries this early in the year. But I'm like, damn it, that's going to give me more choices for lunches. So I'm spending that like, I don't know, three ninety nine or whatever I spent <laughs> on it. Um, made them turkey with cheddar cheese sandwich. Um, some pirate booty. Oh, and then um, a Trader Joe's um, vanilla and almond bar. Wow, that sounds. I'd eat that lunch. <laughs> you want to send that to me oh, my way? Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. And then um, because of the containers that we use for their sandwiches, I put some baby carrots in there as well. So they got a vegetable and and there's and they have lettuce on their sandwich because they love lettuce on their sandwiches. Wow. So, yeah, I'm See, so- anytime I put anytime I put a vegetable in, it comes back like it just doesn't. Sometimes like if I put like five, say pepper straws, you know, yellow peppers cut up Mm -hmm. into, you know, strips, Mm -hmm. um, maybe four will come back, but you know, (laughs) carrots, no carrots are not, they go, they go nowhere. They just get all, um, you know, dried up and then you got to throw them out. Well, how about, um, um, cause I like, uh, edamame in lunches with your kids. Oh yeah. See your kids are pickier. My kids are very picky. I mean, so I will tell you what I made for lunch today and yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. And it's every single day. Well, cause so their school is nut free. Um, Um, so, you know, mm -hmm. for, for obvious reasons, some kids have very serious nut allergies. So, and of course my kids won't eat lunch meat. Um, and so ben why is that, wait, cheese. Jonah and I are both like, why is that? Of course, <laughs> I just, because, you know, they're, they, you know, because, because they never met children. Chi- they never met chicken in the, any form other than a nugget before. A nugget. They well, they sick. have had regular ch- chicken now. Well, I mean, so this again, um, they didn't, you know, that wasn't fall too far from the tree. The first time I had a turkey sandwich, Sarah was in college. <laughs> You've told me that before and it still shocks me every time I hear it. Yeah, it was when we were coming home from a rowing trip and, you know, they, so you get all this, all these lunches packed from the, you know, the cafeteria and all that was left was turkey. And I mean, I don't, I was a very picky child. I mean, I just was. And so I. It's crazy. I, I got to say, I was a very, uh, I used to, before I met you, Dimity, I would have described myself as a very picky child. Now I'd like to delete that very. I was just a picky <laughs> child. <laughs> because, I, was, I was a very picky child. Because you know what? You know, oh my gosh, the sandwich meat that, I, this is so disgusting. The sandwich meat that I loved as a very young child was um, Underwood deviled ham. And how oh. nasty is that? Is deviled ham the one that has the colors in it? No, it ha- it comes in a can that's very small. It's kind of like the size of like a chili can, but it's wrapped in paper, kind of off-white paper that then has a little oh, red devil gosh. on it. Um, I don't know why um, 
devil. Oh, deviled ham. I get it. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I have devil on it. <laughs> oh, because the name is deviled ham. <laughs> yeah. And um, oh, and then I used to love, love tuna fish when I was very young. But then uh, when I was three or four, there was this huge mercury scare. And now everybody can do the math and figure out how old I am. But um, so that I st- like you couldn't eat canned tuna at all. So then when you could finally introduce it back into your diet, I was like, no, there's something wrong with it. Um, so I did. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Tell us what you, um, uh, serve. Oh, it's it's really, I mean, it isn't. No, no, no. I'm I'm intrigued. Um, oh, well, so you, you know that I make, I make, um, you know, pumpkin muffins with mm-hmm. mini chocolate chips in them I've, by I've the heard boat talk, I've heard talk of them. I have never had them when I've been a guest I've, at the Davis household. I've thought Davis about bringing you some, but yeah. then, then that means I have to make more for their lunches. And I <laughs> <laughs> feel like I'm making them all the time anyway. So, um, so usually Amelia definitely has that. Ben will have a bagel with cream cheese or um, a muffin or a cheese sandwich, which is just exactly what it sounds like with a little ketchup <laughs> thrown on. Oh, um, shoot. Ketchup. Yes. Oh. Yes. Um, and then they have, I mean, please, wait, 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 you know, please, please tell me not white bread. No, 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 not white bread. Okay. No, I mean like good. Please. You know, I serve bread. my child yeah. cheese and ketchup on whole wheat bread. <laughs> and it's, well, and it's, it's cheddar cheese. I mean, it's not a man. I mean, it's, you know, it's not the healthiest thing, but yeah. there's worse things, you know? Um, there and then they have, things. I always give them a good amount of fruit. Um, and then, you know, a string cheese, if Ben isn't having a cheese sandwich, a yogurt tube, a juice box, um, because, you know, buying milk is too much of a pain or, um, I let my kids just drink water. They can just, they can have water. They can deal. Yeah. 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 I mean, part of the reason why I'm over lunch is that the packaging is just a pain in the butt. And so what I get are, you know, I get those little Ziploc containers, you know, the little small ones, the snack size ones and, and pack it all in there thinking, I don't know, which is worse. I mean, you know, using those, buying those occasionally, and then throwing them out when you lose the lid or the kid chews on it or whatever, Mm -hmm. or, you know, plastic bags every day. I mean, I think probably the former is the better one, but there's no good solution. It's like paper plastic, right? Those things never dry. I mean, every time then we empty the dishwasher, it's like, oh, let's just set out a bunch of plastic to dry, you know? And so then it sits on the, because, because nothing dries in Portland. So it sits on the countertop for hours on end while we wait for it to evaporate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I mean, I have probably like 12 of those, you know, different containers. Mm-hmm. And this morning I was like, why are there only three of them here? Like, where are they all? And I pick up Ben's backpack. And <laughs> I mean, I guess so. they had a few other desks yesterday. Their teacher said anything that, you know, isn't in a folder goes into your backpack. I mean, Ben literally had like eight of those things, oh just, you know, and I'm unpacking, you know, I am just like, oh, here's where all the containers are. And then of course I'm trying to wash them quickly so that I can oh. you know, dry them and then send them out the door again with, you know, yet another pumpkin muffin. So, I mean, it's just, it's fine. Uh, obviously, and you know, it's a first world, world problem, but at the same time, I just feel like. Well, you know what? One, one suggestion I have is, um, have you ever considered branching out and doing other types of muffins? Because well, I made some banana muffins, but they didn't um, go over well. I mean, my oh. kids just—I don't know. We—I um, don't know. Let's not talk about this anymore. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore. It, it, it just bumps me out. You're the one who brought the topic up, but I do have to say one tip that um, is that I found uh, this winter. I vowed to make all different sorts of muffins. And so had some fun, like Googling, you know, finding new new muffin recipes, asking people for them on Twitter, that sort of thing. And uh, um, I just, I feel that adds a lot of variety. And then um, I have a really good zucchini 
chocolate chip muffin recipe that Ooh, the kids actually brought perfect. home from farm camp last summer. And they oh. love, and they love farm camp. And so they have really fond memories of those zucchini All chocolate right, chip let's muffins. Throw that, let's throw that up. Yeah. I, I'll try it. I mean, the thing, the thing that, um, you know, uh, my kids, especially Amelia, like if she doesn't eat, then she's a mess by the end of the day. You know, she's, she doesn't do well on an empty stomach, not unlike her mother. So, <laughs> Um, so I, I get nervous, like I'd rather send her stuff that I know that she's going to eat, you know, that's fairly healthy, not, you know, not the best, but not the worst than, you know, store a zucchini muffin and have her come home and just be in tears and have a headache because she's so hungry. Yeah. I got to say that no matter how much food I give little John, he still comes home ravenous. And then (laughs) like last week, Daphne ratted him out and said that he got hot lunch one day last week. And I was like, but John, when you came home, your lunchbox was empty. He said, yeah, I had my lunch for snack. Like, <laughs> Dude. And you weigh like 52 pounds. I mean, he looks like this little tiny gymnast because he's completely ripped, but he's uh-huh. tiny. And he actually oh, said, so he said last night, they thought that the um, cat had gone, gone into this um, kind of um, storage space underneath our basement stairs. And I hear John say from the basement, Daphne, he has a really high voice. Daphne, come turn on the light. I'm too short. And I'm like, love that, he, love that he admits. And Daphne, who has a deep voice, is like, yeah, I'm coming. I'm not too short. <laughs> I'm your man for the job. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, let's get to other more burning questions, perhaps. Um, we um, called questions from Facebook. And so uh, we have some good ones, um, starting off with Amy, who wants to, um, she wants to know how to maintain any type of training schedule. Um, it seems <laughs> just like, um, um me maintain some source, some slice of sanity. <laughs> right. Right. Because that's what she says. She says it seems school breaks, orthodontist, sick days, snow days, whatever, make it impossible for me to maintain any kind of routine. And she says, kiddos too young to leave at home alone. And, um, so I was thinking that we share some tips from the Flying Solo um, sidebar that's actually kind of lengthy. It's on page 22 of Train Like a Mother. So if you have your book with you on a run, you can open it up and read along with us. Um, no, I mean, so, I mean, some things, I mean, the first thing that sprung to my mind was the whole, you know, neighbor swap, um, which sounds like a 60s kinky thing. And it's not, I'm talking about, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it'd be the seventies. They did that. Um, uh, that, uh, you know, let's say, you know, Jane and her daughter, Isabel live next door, you know, that, and Jane's also a runner because in my world, every mother's a runner. Um, so, you know, that, that Jane can watch Amy's kids while, uh, Amy goes for a run. And then when Amy gets back, she can watch little Isabel while Jane goes out on her run. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's a great idea is, is, is swapping it or, you know, just asking a friend, you know, or a neighbor to come watch your kids. If, if that's an option, I mean, and she doesn't mention if she's a, if she is a solo parent or if, um, I mean, but you know, the, the big, the best way to not have your training schedule get disrupted, if this is an option for you is to get up before anybody else is up and just get it done. I mean, mm-hmm. it's harsh and it sounds a little like, you know, like we're in the army now right now, but, um, but I just, I mean, you know, I've done so many of these, you know, how do you get into workout stories? And the reality is, is the slice of time in the morning before anyone else can ask anything of you is always pretty open and always is the best call if you can do that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, other options of course are, I mean, I've done, 
when my kids were really little, you can get a little circuit going in your house. You know, if you have a, a, a flight of stairs, run up and down those a couple of times and do some strength training. So, you know, get your heart rate up so you can run up and down the stairs or do some jump roping or do some jumping jacks or step up and down on a pretty high chair. I mean, that gets your heart rate going pretty quickly. Do that for a minute or two and then do an exercise, do tricep dips, do squats, do push-ups, do crunches, do lunges, plank. I mean, all that stuff. Like, and you, if you do that for, you know, 30, 45 minutes, I trust me, you're going to feel like you got in a really, really good workout. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, I mean, and the other thing, um, is planning for it, you know, sitting down on Sunday night, either with yourself or if you have a partner, you know, and saying, I need to run four times this week. When can we make it work? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I just finished a story about time management for a magazine and this um, time management expert expert said that at the end of the day, you, you plan for tomorrow plus two. So you have like Mm. a three day arc. So, so today is Wednesday. So I'm not just thinking about when I'm going to get in my workout tomorrow, but I'm also planning for Friday and Saturday. So, you know, say Friday falls through, well, you still have Thursday and Saturday. So two out of three isn't bad, right? Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Those so are, I, those are good I tips. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I really think it's, it's planning and, um, and just anticipating the days, those school days, getting a, you know, there's, you know, when the school off days, getting a babysitter in sick days, you can't account for, but you can do stuff in the house. If you, if you, uh, just get a little creative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought of you this morning, Dimity, when I did a plank, because I was, I had been scouting around on YouTube to find um, an old video of you showing some moves, and there's you doing a plank, and you show that you do it with your palms up so that you don't claw at the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that, and I thought, that, I thought, oh, Dimity, it's a made, little harder, isn't it? It's a well, little harder. All I thought to myself is, Dimity made it look so easy on that video. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other way to make a plank a little bit more challenging is to make sure that your weight is kind of forward. Like a lot of times you shift back. So your shoulders aren't over your elbows. Uh-huh. Like you really want to think about having your shoulders almost in front of your elbows. And that mm-hmm. really gets into your core. Cause oftentimes I find if I'm planking and I'm not, if I'm not paying attention, like my shoulders hurt and my lower back hurts. Cause I'm not in my core. Does that ever happen to you? Yeah, what I do is I cheat by kind of letting my heels splay out some, and um, uh-huh. so I find when I try to really keep my my feet kind of almost perpendicular and to the ground and then parallel to each other, I find that makes it more challenging. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, you got to really button up your form, mm-hmm. make it mm-hmm. make it harder. Right. So yeah. So Amy, just work on getting to like ten minutes in plank, and you'll be um, extra fit, and you'll never. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. 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 So, okay. So moving on, should we ask Kim's question? Yeah. Or so do you want to, you have more to add for Amy? Oh no 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 no! I wanted to read Kim's because it's um, Kim from Wisconsin, who I just have to Wisconsin. you know Wisconsin Wisconsin just have to relive the wonderful memory of her decorate. We we met her at um, Zuma. Um, Great Lakes. And then um, when she drove back the next day to do the race, we met her at the expo. And then the next day she comes back and she had totally decorated her van and written like, way to go, Bammers and all this stuff. And then she's like, oh, yeah. And then I remembered I'm driving to the race in the dark so no one could see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think she, I think she, I remember her, she came in on Friday night. So she drove there to the resort on Friday night in the dark and then got up for the race on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. but the same, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but her, so her question is not about how to decorate your van, but it's about, um, she says that she received a gift certificate for a massage for her birthday. Would it be better to use it for a gentle massage prior to my first full marathon or save it for a more forceful massage a few days after race day? Um, she says, 
FYI, right now my body is feeling good, but I have lots of miles to log between now and when tapering begins. So, Dimity, you just had a recent massage. What would you suggest? I did. I did. I, um, been carrying a lot of tension in my neck and my shoulders, believe it or not. Oh, I, um, I never, never, so, uh-huh. never. I, I don't carry anything. I'm such a free spirit. And so, um, so I went and got a massage. I actually, um, I don't know. Do you guys have massage envy out there? Have nope. you heard of that? Um, no. Mm-mm. It's a chain here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's nationwide or not, but when I signed up for Ironman, I um, bought a year membership. So basically oh. you pay, you know, I think it's $60 a month, which feels like a lot, but it kind of forced me to do it, which mm-hmm. I think is really important to do as I'm training hard. So of course, like I go and they're like, you haven't been in a while. <laughs> like I have like three piled up because I, you know, forget to call and make an appointment. So what's um, the, wait, hold on. What, side note. So if you pay $60 a month, what does that get you? You get a massage every month. Oh, and they let you, uh, then if you miss it, it's not like, like it's like rollover minutes on a phone. You get yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Exactly. I mean, I think to the end of the contract, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll definitely have used them all by the time October rolls around. Mm-hmm. I think I started in October. So, oh. um, that's so dimity of you. That's good of you to like plan that and, and do that. And you're good at like sometimes deciding what you need and then actually committing to it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, they, you know, of course, like they, you know, so I went in for a massage once because of course they have a deal that's like 35 bucks or 40 bucks for your first massage. And then they try to sell you on the, uh-huh, the, know, first, the, the first deal. joints, they, they, the first joints free, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, um, it's like those CD clubs, you know, 13 CDs for a cent. Remember <laughs> yeah, I used yeah. to pour over those lists forever. But, um, anyway, so, uh, so I was like, you know what I can, I was going to say no. And then I was like, you know what? Yes, uh-huh. I'll do it. And like, you could tell, like the woman was like, wow, <laughs> like I usually don't get anyone to take the bait. She, you know? she pressed the sucker button underneath yeah, the desk. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, because I could give some to Grant. So that oh, was a thing. They're transferable. And, um, mm-hmm. Very they're good. transferable. And, uh, yeah. So, but, um, so that's where I am with my massages in case you're wondering, <laughs> um, I try to get one a month, but, uh, but Kim, I would use it personally. I would use it during your training cycle. So your, oh. you know, May 4th is your marathon. I would say, um, after your longest run kind of as, um, I would probably, you know, say your longest run is on a Saturday. I would make it for maybe like, you know, a Tuesday evening, if you could do it or a Wednesday evening, a couple of days after, um, and then ha- let them have at your body <laughs> That's so, <laughs> personally. So, so yin and yang, uh, cause I would, I, if I was only going to get one massage, I would get it afterward after the race. Um, because I just remember feeling like so broken down after my first marathon, not to scare you, Kim, but, um, oh gosh, I, I remember those, the few days after running the San Francisco marathon extremely vividly, even though it was like 15 years ago. Um, and just the work of a professional just to get that tightness out and the lactic acid moving a little bit and just some, some pleasant sensations in my body rather than just pain, you know, pain and being racked with it. Yeah. 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 I could see that. I mean, I can see this, I can see both sides. I just yeah. feel like, you know, if you hold it out as a nugget, say, okay, I've got to go run 20 miles, which a lot of people dread, mm-hmm. you know, but if I go do this and then a couple of days I get, that's my longest run. That's my hardest thing before the marathon, mm-hmm. you know, and then I get a massage and then I'm kind of coming down the downhill slope. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause if you train well, for the marathon, I mean, because if I remember correctly, you didn't train all that well for the San Francisco <laughs> marathon. So, I mean, it's going to hurt no matter what. Trust me, you're going to want to go down the stairs backwards. You won't be able to sit on the toilet seat no matter how well you train, uh-huh. you know, a couple of days after the marathon. But, um, 
but I don't know, like I like little nuggets along the way and I just feel like marathon training can be such a slog. So if you have this little, you know, golden massage kind of, you know, you're drooling over it as you're at mile 17 and cursing whoever signed you up, <laughs> cursing yourself because you signed yourself up for this marathon. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what, what I would do. You know what? I need to totally interrupt this podcast and just sit, circle back. We haven't talked about whether we've been smiling during our bronze timidity. <laughs> That's so funny because I've been thinking about that too. And uh, I did this morning on my bike. I was like, okay, I'm happy. This is good. This is good. Have you been doing it? Wow. So I, uh, the reason I say that is because as you were talking, I was smiling because I thought, I just thought the way you were talking about it was so dimity. And, um, it just, you know, it made you me just put a smile on your face. It did, it did Dimity. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to wax on anymore because I was feeling some, I was feeling strong, positive feelings towards you as you were talking Timothy. So, um, uh, but so I, okay. I, you know, I was like, okay, Dimity's asked us to smile more. And I tried it on the drive home from here. And I looked like I was like growling at pedestrians. And I just was like, this is impossible. It was like trying to use your abs right after giving birth. Like I just didn't have muscles there. And, and I just felt so silly. I was sitting at this light at 20th and division. And I just was like, nope, can't do it. <laughs> Not going to try. So then I tried it again while running and again, you know, look like you should call the, you know, the animal control because I was a rabid dog or something. <laughs> so, um, so no, but I certainly, um, I've laughed quite a bit. I mean, my gosh, Molly and I ran 20 miles on Sunday and we were just cracking each other up and definitely in like the final five miles of a long run. Boy, there are some funny jokes told during those miles <laughs> that I won't recap because they're probably not funny now. <laughs> I was about to say that's like, you know, it's like when everyone else is drunk and you're the designated driver and everyone just thinks they're just freaking hilarious and you're just like sitting there like, yeah, you guys, you, if you only knew, if I had a video camera right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now thankfully we, it shows that we haven't been drunk since the age of iPhones um, because yeah. now, now we could take video. Um, yeah. So no, I have not been doing well, but we've had some lovely responses on Twitter and on Facebook, people saying they've been trying to smile. So, so yeah. get on you. That's good work, gals. All right. All right. Yeah. Me too. I, I have been thinking about it mostly during my workouts. Uh -huh. uh, and so, yeah, so we'll keep, we'll keep doing that. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. So, um, so now we have a question from Anna Dowell and I had to put in her last name because I was wondering, maybe she's a far flung relative Dimity, but not from Scotland. Maybe, I don't know, without the Mick. Um, so. Um, so she wonders, um, how soon after a half marathon can you do a full? Should you do multiple half marathons first? If your miles are up, what part of the marathon plan should you join? Um, so, um, I mean, you and I, um, own up to being conservative about race progression, wouldn't you say that, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that we like to think of it as steps, you know, that, um, like, or a, a ladder or something, you know, that you start at 5k, maybe do a few of those, get to 10k, then, you know, do a couple of those go up to half marathon. So, I mean, certainly people could do a full marathon after just doing one half marathon, but, um, we have said time and time again, despite the math, a, a full marathon is not just two times a half marathon. Something happens in those magical final miles that, um, that is not so magical, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, but that said, I mean, so this, I mean, you know, it's funny because I'm usually the one like, whoa, whoa, don't do that. You know, you're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> but I mean, if she's run a half marathon and she wants to continue on and do a marathon and, and, you know, and jump in at the training where she's at, I, I don't see anything, 
you know, terribly wrong with that as long as she does a very, you know, a conservative marathon training plan, like our marathon finish it plan, um, you know, something where kind of she jumps in, you know, a third or so of the way through and, you know, maybe repeats a couple of weeks where she gets back up to 13 miles and then goes from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm looking, I have trained like a mother here next to me. Um, so, I mean, our marathon finish it plan is, don't tell me, don't tell me, it is 20 weeks long. Yes, it is 20 weeks long. And you get to 13 miles by the end of week six. So, you know, that would still leave you with 14 weeks. I mean, that's more than three months, I think. Yeah, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. As long as she's, you know, as long as you finish the half marathon feeling good and you're injury free, I could say you can just keep going on um, as long as you're mentally prepared to keep on a training plan. But that's a definitely a big caveat, the making sure you're feeling good. There's no nagging injuries, you know, because we so oftentimes see on our Facebook page, people who are like, oh, I just did, you know, so-and-so marathon and felt really good. And then, you know, two weeks later I had a stress fracture or I had, you know, shin splints or whatever. And it just yeah. s- sometimes seems like the injury takes a tiny bit of time to catch up with you. But, and also, as you said, the enthusiasm and the will to continue has to be strong because 14 weeks um, is a significant amount of time. I mean, that's a quarter of a year. It is a quarter of a year. Yes, mm-hmm. it's no small chunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we have time for one last question. Dim, do you want to ask it? Um, sure. Um, so let's see. Shannon asks, how do you fit in cross-training while training for a race with limited time for workouts? Do you skip a run, try to squeeze it in, or skip it altogether? Can I say that's a timely question for me because – I blew off my um, scheduled uh, strength training class this morning. I didn't blow it. I canceled it on time. Like I didn't, I didn't take it. You don't have to pay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so. Um, well, but why, why'd you blow it off? Because I just have been loving the running and, yeah. um, and also, yeah, no, I just wasn't feeling it. So, and I knew that and I, I didn't want to. So, um, but I mean, since I'm talking, I'll continue. I'll answer a little bit of the question that, um, I mean, I typically, you know, I used to be all about just running when I was training for say a marathon. And so I'd run six days a week, but now I've cut it back to four, maybe five days a week and do strength training twice a week. And then yoga sometimes one night a week, but, um, but yeah, it can be tough, but, um, we have both found, I think the older we get, the more important it is to fit it in. The, I mean, running is going to help you running the most. I mean, if you have a, a specific goal in mind for a race and you want to hit that more than anything, then run. Um, but make sure that you've got a really sound body that doesn't need to be any stronger and that has a strong core and, you know, I mean, it's funny because I read some of these, you know, somebody like um, Ambie Burfoot or even, I don't know, a lot of a lot of like very natural runners. Ambie um, Burfoot being very, the, the former editor-in-chief of Runner's World magazine who's won the Boston Marathon maybe once. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they're like, you know, and the only way you get to be a better runner is you run. And and I and I get that because they're naturally great runners and they their bodies are built for high mileage and that's just the way it is. Um, but, you know, for me, if I don't cross train, then I just run into injury. I mean, that's just what has happened again and again and again. And I've finally learned the lesson, you know, <laughs> My 14th time trying, I finally learned that, hey, I'm better off as a triathlete. Um, and so, uh, so I mean, the short, the short answer to your question is you skip it. You know, I mean, it's not going to, at the end of the day, it's not going to kill you by skipping it. But if you can squeeze it in, 
you know, it will probably enhance your running. And I mean, if you have limited time, I would make strength training your priority. And so Mm -hmm. even if that means cutting off, you know, a run by 10 or 15 minutes, and, you know, I think we've talked about this before, but even stopping at the end of your driveway or at a park and doing those planks, palms up, like we just talked about and doing (laughs) some lunges and doing some, you know, sit-ups and push-ups and, you know, really just 15 minutes, a couple times a week, like you'd be surprised at what kind of difference that will make in both your overall strength and just kind of the difference on the run. I did, so, I did, I did uh, dead bugs on our back porch the other day after my run. Um, very is, good. Yeah. 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 And did some, um, well, supermodel things that strengthened the upper part of my butt. Um, so the upper part of your butt. Yeah, the, what, what, um, Ashley from the refinery here in town, she calls that, um, uh, runner's dead butt. Cause the kind of upper quadrant of your butt is just, she thinks in runners is just absolutely dead. Oh, it is. There's such a thing as dead butt syndrome and runners. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I guess, I mean, I don't know if we've even answered your question, Shannon. I think we probably just talked around it because there is no simple answer. Uh-huh. Um, but I, again, I would do strength first and then, and then, you know, if you have time for cardio, but I would run and strength train if, mm-hmm. if you're really, um, short on time. Yeah. 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 And when you said you would do strength first, you meant if it's a cross training day, not, not in the, if you're yeah. doing a run, you're saying, um, add it first. I mean, yeah. The other thing that, you know, I've, um, written about a little bit is, you know, sometimes, uh, my coach puts strength training in the middle of a run. Mm-hmm. So you run a mile and you stop and you do 20 lunges and 20 push ups and a minute of plank. And then you run another mile and you do 20 squats and 20 sit-ups and, you know, tricep dips or something like that. And it's, I mean, it's a lot harder than you think it would be, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it's not a high, high, huge number of reps, but, you know, you're kind of winded a little bit from the running and then to get back up and get running again. I mean, it's a really good workout. I mean, I would almost, you know, Shannon, I would almost maybe try that once in a while just to kind of, you know, get buy one, get one. I do that uh, now that to, again, to kind of use some underutilized muscles. Um, my athletic trainer has suggested I do um, kind of a sort of like a sprinter's lunge, but it's with kind of like a little hop in it. And so mm. um, yesterday morning, uh, Molly and I ran almost 10 miles um, with some tempo in the middle of it. And um, uh, nature called twice for her. So she stopped at two porta potties that were um, out and about. And so I did some of those while she was um, doing her business. So there um, you go. Yep. Me up. Awesome. So, and that's just not a very tasteful note to end on, but it has to. I know, to. <laughs> I know. Yeah, let's uh, um, Dead bud and stopping at porta potties. That's how we roll here. <laughs> um, so, for, so for more of this wonderful talk, um, go to our Facebook page, Run Like a Mother, the book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. We're on Twitter at at the mother runner. Our fantastic books, Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother, are available on amazon.com. And many happy miles. I hope your butts are alive. <laughs>